Hey, welcome back. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you can get them and keep them. Snack Wallace is powered by San Diego Code School, a social enterprise committed to developing tech equity through our groundbreaking apprenticeship program, backed by a profitable tech services company. Our business model is to bring diversity into development by putting early career software engineers on appropriate level projects with our oversight providing companies with the quality software services at a significant cost savings. So I'm gonna throw it over to our special guest today in a few sentences, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike, appreciate it. My name is John Capisolatro. I'm currently the Director of Operations at Nava, a tech-enabled benefits brokerage. Prior to Nava, I was at a online pharmacy startup called PillPack, recently acquired by Amazon. Nice, I've heard of PillPack. So <laughs> I haven't heard of the other one, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm hearing from a lot of leaders, or at least some in the tech industry, that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been a lot of uh, ink spilled in the subject. I think, in short, I, I don't think there's a pipeline problem. It's like the classic thing to talk about. I think, honestly, it's, it's a network problem for most people, and myself included. And so, you know, I think, honestly, uh, a, a great place to start uh, solving this problem is around uh, building a better and more diverse network and something I'm actively working on. And beyond that, I think it's a conversation that leadership teams, small and large, need to have and then be thoughtful around developing a set of actions to, to hold themselves accountable around how to address the problem. Oh, yeah. That's a good plan. That is a very good plan. So <clears throat> I'm, asked, I'm curious, I'm asking a lot of people, do you think the apprenticeship pattern would work for technical roles? It's a really good question. I mean, and I have an interesting background that is sort of relevant here. I taught myself how to program, so did not go through a classic computer science. Uh, like uh, myself. Background. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think um, short answer is yes. I think that model works. The question is really about how it's implemented. And I actually think the apprenticeship model is interesting in the non-technical context too. Like it, what it boils down to, at least in my opinion, is that you develop two things really well. One of which is the curriculum, right? Around whatever that function is. And the second of which is that you develop a set of companies that are willing to uh, be engaged and involved in a, in, a, in a more developed relationship with the prospective apprentices, right? And so if you're able to do that, then I see something like that working, but it's you need two sides to, to sort of work together, um, at least in my opinion. But I'm, I'm bullish on the model and think that there's, you know, a, a lot of uh, opportunity for, for programs like that to exist in a way that they don't currently do. You know, the Lambda schools, et cetera, of the world are doing interesting things, but I think there's still opportunity to develop, uh, you know, more curriculum in, in that context. Awesome. I like how you subtly drop land in there is like interesting. I have way more thoughts and other words <laughs> to describe it other than interesting, but separate topics, separate topics. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So what advice would you share with companies that are looking to not only increase diversity, um, but retain diverse staff? Yeah, I think the retention piece is super interesting. You know, the first place I would start just as a tactical piece of advice is to do two things, one of which is at the very top of the company to be willing and open to having conversations about diversity and inclusion on a regular basis. It's not just a boondoggle that you drop at you know one annual offsite and then leave it for the rest of the year. This seems to be something that happens on a weekly or monthly cadence, and that could be at the town hall meeting, it could be at a newsletter or a you know a CEO letter that's published to the company. But I think 
it's one of those actions speak louder than words type of, type of situation. So the more that you continue to have that conversation and follow it up with whatever the thing is, right, that you're trying to do, I think the better. And the second of which is that to the extent that the company um, wants to support this dialogue in a bottoms up approach, you know, one tactic I've seen work really well is uh, organizations will have a, a diversity and inclusion working group or a task force, so to speak. And that group consists of folks from all different levels. It could be entry level, it could be mid, director, VP, or executive level. And that group meets with some regularity, right? It could be a month, it could be quarterly, and then develops very much the same way organizations work on objectives and key results for different functional areas of the business. These groups will actually develop a set of objectives that they want to accomplish related to diversity and inclusion, and then establish key results that they're able to track over a given period of time to measure whether they actually accomplish those things. So um, I think doing that speaks very loudly, right, to a, to a company's position about diversity and inclusion. And from a retention perspective, I, I think, at least in my experience, that folks are more willing to, to stay engaged and employed somewhere where they can actively look at an employer that is valuing, you know, that, um, that subject. So I love it. You got to dig deep. You got to do something consistently. Like all of those things make a ton of sense. Love it. Exactly. So who's someone like yourself that you think you'd like to acknowledge at this point as a leader and maybe should be invited to be a guest on a podcast like this? Ooh, two people. Um, so, and both old uh, PillPack coworkers actually. And one of which like is, it is my friend, uh, Rosa Hewn. She um, is just an incredible, incredible woman, a phenomenal product designer, a phenomenal friend, and has been a huge um, force for change within PillPack and her broader design friend community um, around diversity and inclusion. And I would put the another friend of mine, uh, his name's Walker Kennedy, in the same category. Uh, you know, is a, is a phenomenal software engineer, phenomenal friend, and also um, a great thought partner with Rosa as they've built out this diversity and inclusion uh, working group at Pillback. And you know, from from an external perspective, and they've done this since since I left the company. Uh, it sounds like they've made just uh, a really important set of progress and change within the company around how you know that organization and other folks in the periphery should be thinking about diversity and inclusion. Nice. Again, solid. This is why I chose you. I need the heavy hitters. Yeah, well, you know, I'm doing doing my best. Like I said, it's a work in progress. But, um, you know, I think even just to be able to come up with some of these answers hopefully demonstrates that I'm making some some progress here. Absolutely. Um, Where can we find out more information about your company? And this is time for any shameless plugs, anything to promote? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, so Nava is still very, very much in the in the early stages, but our website is uh, nava.io, and feel free to reach out for uh, you know if there's interest in more information. Awesome. Can you spell that for me? Because I'm guessing oh, sure. at it, yes. but I think I know how yes, it's spelled. Yes, yes, yes. N a v as in Victor a dot io. Nice, and it's io. So you are a hot, sexy company at this point, right? <laughs> a little, yes, different than the normal dot com for sure. Awesome. Um, we have a couple more minutes left, so we can do a couple of things. We need to end early. Uh, you can share something else that you're working on. You can ask me a question. What would you like to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. I'll ask you a question. You know, from from the folks that you interviewed, what have you found to be some of the most overlooked but important, whether it's tactics or strategies or just conversation points in this broader diversity and inclusion area either that you think your listeners should be more aware of? Uh, I think you made one of the um, points, which is like 
coming up with a consistent action plan afterwards, I think is like key. A lot of people have talked about fluff about caring, but you mm-hmm. gave some tactical insight as to, and again, it, sh- it shows kudos to the company that you've been working at, they've been putting in the work. And I feel like until people discover that sometimes, they're just like, well, I mean, you just need to talk to people, be out in the community and things like that. So I think it's interesting to acknowledge the network piece as well. I think a lot of people are self-aware about it and they, they realize that like they're not in the circle of the folks that they'd like to see in the organization and they're a little like flummoxed is like, how, well, how do I do that? And I'm like, just go out in the community and talk to people. <laughs> like, it's exactly. not that hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you probably know the neighborhood in your city where the large number of black and Latinx people will just kind of be at. So mm-hmm. like figure out how you can do events in that area, figure out how you can connect with people in that area and look, like you'll be able to see them and you'll be able to talk mm-hmm. to them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting to also hear the, the divergence in the background of some people. And I'll ask some people, you know, do they think this is an issue? And they'll be like, no, nah, I think we're doing really well. And you're just like, seriously, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds like someone should pay a little more attention in the mirror every morning. You know, I think your point around um, spending more time in the neighborhood is interesting. And honestly, like this moment where everyone's working remote should arguably be even easier to go find oh, yeah. these people. You know, I've noticed that whether it's just friends or other folks in the, in the sort of healthcare and technology part of the startup world have been much more accessible to spend time with over phone or Zoom because folks aren't really doing much right now. And so sure. I think it's even more interesting where you're like, okay, I have a targeted goal or ask here. Like, I want to understand more about your background or I want to understand more about what your experience has been in tech because, you know, I think you'd agree that nobody has, not one person has the same experience, right? Going through, you know, tech or any industry for that matter. And so just learning different perspectives is valuable. So yeah, it's a great point. I think we're also learning uh, how to manage our time differently. And as an example, like I talked to someone who was just brilliant. She was just like, yeah, I used to only be able to go to like one meetup a night because like the things I wanted to go to, they were all stacked up and I couldn't get to the four parts of town to go to like four Mm -hmm. different meetups. Mm -hmm. She's like, now I can just like go to all of them. I just like jump on. If you know, there's a little conversation or something, I want to jump onto the other ones. Like peace out. I go hit this other one too and, you know, get a two or three events in and be networking on like, you know, super power level. So I do think it's, it's provided some interesting opportunities. We'll get a lot of good stuff out of, out of this situation, even though it's terrible for almost every other reason. Um, But I think it will spark some change. And like you said, I think it's also just interesting to see people taking the opportunity to get involved because not everybody has like seized it. But some have. Like, I don't know if you watched the show The Prophet, but Marcus Lemonis, well, I'm a big fan of Marcus, and um, he is out in the community. Like, he's out making a difference in Chicago. Not only is he, like, donating his money, but he is helping to organize and helping to kind of, like, be a model for other leaders to say, I'm not just going to throw money at the problem. I'm going to get out there and network and meet with folks and take the time to understand, like, how I can make a bigger impact. So that's true impact investment. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's another really good point, which is like, it's not just about donating money, right? I mean, that's certainly a help. I like, there's no denying that. But I think it's also understanding how to direct that money, where like the lever is much larger than just, you know, I donated X amount of cash. Absolutely. That goes wherever. And so, yeah. And like this, the inverse is true too, which is like, even if you don't have money, like spending your time is another way of, of being involved. And, you know, for a lot of people, it feels like a daunting, like, where do I even start? But like, I think the point is, it doesn't really matter. You start somewhere, right? Yeah. And like, then you sort of build momentum and, and hopefully um, 
you know, are able to have whatever impact you're hoping to have. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, John. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, Mike. I'm happy to be here. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snackwalls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The tech-enabled apprenticeship program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 